0: Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid, double-team,
1: got it back, Chris
0: shot,
2: score,
1: what a beautiful move, deep backhand, went back to the forehand, and
3: welcome back Connor, his sixth goal of the season is a
2: work of
4: art. Riley, he's going to keep it, he hits the five,
2: hey
1: Edmonton, that's your quarterback, Mike Riley to the end zone, touchdown Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, inside sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers
3: and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad.
5: The Oilers have made a trade. It is not a big one. Philip Larson, remember him—the guy they got for Sean Horcoff back in the summer of 2013. He's been playing in the KHL. He's been traded to Vancouver for a fifth-rounder in 2017. What are the Canucks thinking? I don't know, but the Oilers have made this deal. Also, Jujar Kara called up from the farm. We saw him for 12 games earlier this season. He racked up two assists. He has 22 points in 32 games for Bakersfield. Those are the Oilers' headlines from this afternoon. They practiced in LeDuc after Quite frankly, an awful homestand. They went 1-4-1. and You'll hear a little bit from Justin Schultz, who is, well, continues to be under fire. He was booed by some of you last night when he touched the puck at some points throughout the game against the Ottawa Senators. Comments from Todd McClellan, Jordan Everly, as well. We're going to get to Kelly Rudy in about a minute. Reed Wilkins with you, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Great to have you along for the ride and before we bring in kelly a little montage some of coach mcclellan's greatest hits from after last night's loss
1: but there's some that were uh should be embarrassed when they leave it doesn't get any easier ahead of us i'm concerned about the spirit of our team Um, i think there's a lot of guys waiting for something uh what that is i don't know if it's changes coming if it's them leaving if it's new guys coming in that's a dangerous dangerous thing third goal broke our back broke our spirit broke our back the way they got it how easy it was i can go on and on maybe we get rid of some players
5: well that's probably gonna happen i just don't know how quickly as we bring in kelly rudy former nhl goaltender now with the nhl on rogers kelly welcome back to the program sir how are you doing
1: I'm well. Thanks for having me back, Reed.
5: Yeah, good to, good to talk to you, uh, Kelly. Uh, for, you know, not to get too much into stuff, but uh, certainly condolences from myself and I'm sure uh, all the Inside Sports listeners. Great to have you back on our uh, airwaves. I know you went through a tough time over the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, a far uh, uh, less uh, life-impacting tough time for the Edmonton Oilers, but in hockey mm-hmm. terms, uh, they are not doing well and, and they are not playing well. As an ex-player... When you hear McClellan say things like that after the game, including that little snippet at the end, maybe we need some new players. What goes through your mind?
1: Well, when you get to this point, I actually feel badly for the guys. I feel badly for the coaching staff and, and everybody in the organization because this isn't what they had planned and and they didn't expect to be in this back in the same position. And you know, you you just think back and uh, when times are tough, I mean. We, all of us players, uh, we're pretty good at beating ourselves up. So um, it's not a fun time. I must say I've never been in a situation quite as bad as what the Oilers uh, are experiencing right now and have been in that situation for a while. So I can only imagine that the the mood around the group would be just terrible. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, I heard today, uh, I saw the Todd talking after the practice, though, so about the mood was uh, better and they... They chose not to come to the rink uh, uh, all pouty and stuff and trying to move forward, but it's awfully difficult. I mean, Reed, everybody has pride and everybody believes in themselves. And when you find yourselves in this difficult position, uh, you feel terrible. And you feel like not only are you letting your teammates down, you're setting, letting your organization down. Um, so. Uh, I know that I should look at it from a different perspective as a hockey analyst and say, "Well, here's what's wrong, and here's what they have to do get better." Just but you asked from a player's perspective, and it—I got to tell you—I um, I don't ever like looking or watching situations like this. It's not fun, and and I, same when individuals really struggle. You know, you look at guys. I kind am of thinking of like a guy like uh, Bernier, Jonathan Bernier in Toronto. It looked like somewhere around the holiday season he is kind of turning around his terrible start and now it's back to being bad again i mean this guy's career is in jeopardy that's not fun to watch it's not fun when a guy's livelihood might be taken away from him, it. and it's not because of skill it's because of what's going on in his head and he, it's it's so hard to stop that loop
5: well, and, I, and I, that's an interesting way to put it, to stop that loop. Because the Oilers, especially the last four games, maybe even started... I mean, they, they beat a, a, a bad Leafs team. There's there's no other way to yeah. put it. I mean, yeah. and the Oilers are in that same category, obviously. But, but they beat a, a Leafs team that was depleted and continues to be depleted. Um, and, and then, you know, really not very good for any extended period of time over the last five games. Maybe the Anaheim game was the best they played at a whole. And I'm interested you you chose those words. They're stuck in a loop because it feels like, well, they're out there, they get easily discouraged, they fall behind. I, I was on with Pat Steinberg in Calgary today, and and I said to Pat, I, I part of me was surprised that they even scored a goal last night. Mm-hmm. They are, and you know, Rob Brown said on our post-game show, Players don't go out there saying to themselves, well, I'm not going to try as hard as I can tonight. Right. But but something has set into this team and gripped this team that wasn't there earlier in the season um, that has them extremely discouraged and and unable or maybe unwilling to, to handle adversity.
1: It's a combination of those two, and it's also paralyzing. When you start to play uh, really, really poorly and you know it and you've come to... So you don't accept it, but you understand where you are. It, uh, it, like I said, it, it saps your energy, it's paralyzing. But going back to the words I chose, break that loop, I did that on purpose because uh, I do know something about mental health issues. Now, I'm not gonna say the losing is a mental health issue, but I understand how the brain works uh, in large part because uh, one of our daughters uh, deals with mental health issues and she's taught with what she's gone through the last uh, I don't know, about 11 years of her life, maybe a little bit more. We've learned so much as a family about this, and that's a term that she uses, about how when she gets in a bad place, she, she's she been given and she's been taught now the tools <clears throat> how to break that loop, but it's awfully difficult. And, and I do know as an athlete that I have been there before where, um, like I said, it wasn't a mental health issue. It was just what my brain was telling me about what I was doing on the ice and how it would go from extremely positive to extremely negative when something bad happened. And until I got help personally, um, uh, I couldn't – I was not going to be able to break that loop on my own. It it was just stuck in my head. And I clearly thought that, of course, goes back to 92-93 when uh, we ultimately went to the Stanley Cup finals. But I had the worst – of my life. I had a two-month-long slump, and I was not getting out of it on my own. Had not uh, been for people around me that that got me the help I needed, uh, I, my career would have been over. I, I know that for a fact.
5: Kelly, Rudy joining us on uh, Inside Sports at 6.14. Kelly, just, just before I get to some of the Schultz stuff, just a little bit more on McClellan saying that after the game last night. On the same day where his general manager spoke, both you and I think Todd McClellan is a very good coach. Yeah. But by did did Todd, in your mind, did he cross a line by saying maybe we need some new players? Was is that throwing guys under the bus? Is that stepping into the realm of comments a GM should be making?
1: I think no. I think there was some frustration, uh, but frustration is something that uh, happens. First of all, I think it's a it's an emotion that. I I often think as a wasted emotion, I try not to ever get frustrated, but we're all human and sometimes it enters our, our train of thought, but um, I don't think that's throwing the players under the bus. He was just talking uh, realistically about what's going to happen and, and what he feels about his group, and I, other than he didn't really individually pick on a couple guys or who is the guy Orville Tessier years ago when I think he was coaching Chicago said something like these guys need a heart transplant I think that's crossing the line what he was saying is about these guys that uh, um, that they're not improving like they need to be Uh, I don't think it was it, it, it was in that territory.
5: I want to ask you about Schultz being booed, and hey, you know what, I've seen Oilers and Edmonton athletes be booed more harshly than he was last night, and for for longer periods. It's an interesting thing, because I know people are talking about it on the Ched Facebook page, and, and Rob and I discussed it a bit last night and had people interact, and it just seems like it's one of those things where... Either you believe it's your right to boo or do whatever you want as a fan, and other people say, "No, no, you should never boo your own team, even if they're playing bad. It's better just to sit there, you know, uh, silently." Uh, and again, you know, a lot of the stuff I ask you as an as an yes. ex as an ex player when you hear Schultz being booed, uh, what do you think of that?
1: I think people that boo are the scourge of society. How's that for honesty?
5: Wow, that's and direct.
1: I, yeah, and I've said that uh, on Hockey Night in Canada before about uh, other uh, circumstances, and and I really do believe that. I, I know, and I come from a place where I've been booed, so I know the feeling. I know how uh, it, it affects you, how it affects your family, um, and so on, and it, it's extremely difficult to go through. So I don't uh, like it when fans boo. I think it's appalling. Um, I understand that they have the right to do whatever they, they want, but I certainly don't uh, condone it. I don't uh, think that it's the proper way to conduct yourself. I liken it to this. And I know some people are gonna think this is maybe extreme read, but so we're, there's a really good thing going on in society right now, and especially in schools, and it's, and it's anti-bullying. And we're trying to teach youngsters uh, not to bully their friends at school or their classmates at school. And it's a terrific program and it's worth it and we should stick with it because it'll it'll help people that are getting bullied. So why is it then that you can go to a, a social environment like a hockey arena and pay your money and in front of children and so on, you're teaching another form of bullying? It just seems to me like it's the craziest thing that, okay, you can't do it at school it's fine here and the reason it's fine is because the people that we're booing are paid more than other people well that's ridiculous it's a totally ridiculous way to look at it and you can tell that i'm a passionate person about it because it's just frankly wrong
5: well well said uh, very concise what you're what you're trying to get across here's my final question for you tonight kelly and trust me, it's a tough one because I've been wrestling this, wrestling with this myself. The Oilers have 21 games left. Clearly, they will not make the playoffs. It is very likely they will finish in the bottom five, if not the bottom three in the NHL. Is there anything that can happen over the final quarter of the season that you can look at for the Oilers and say, okay, that was good, that was a positive? Can they accomplish anything? Uh, positive here in down the stretch. Uh,
1: one thing only, and it's about getting mentally tougher, and that's that's basically what we started this whole conversation with about you know breaking that loop and and those types of things. That's the only thing, not performance based. Like in terms of if they win uh, ten of those twenty one games, because that to me is irrelevant because we've seen other teams do that go on a run at the end and and uh, and it just there's no carryover. So I don't care about that, but you can become a person that's hard to play against and mentally tougher, and it, that is a reasonable goal, but that's about the only one I can see.
5: All right. Well, I, I know what I'm going to do every night now before I go to bed. I'm going to call your cell phone after you're asleep and just boo into your voicemail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you can text me. Just oh yeah. like many, many boos. That's funny. <laughs>
5: uh yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Kelly, thanks so much for uh, chiming in tonight. We'll do this again next week. Great stuff today, man.
1: Thanks, pal. I'll catch you next week.
5: Kelly Rudy, former goaltender with the Kings, Sharks, and Islanders, and, of course, now an analyst for the NHL on Rogers. Great to talk to him this evening. Wow, that was a, quite the sound bite this evening, eh? People who boo are the scourge of society. He finds it appalling. Uh, whether it's Justin Schultz or directed at anybody else. Justin Schultz did talk to the uh, media today after practice in Leduc. We have a whole bunch more from Todd McClellan, a little bit more from Jordan Eberle. And, uh, of course, we'll do some open line, whether you want to talk about the booing, whether you want to talk about your uh, goals for the Oilers, if there's anything that could constitute a, quote-unquote, successful end of the season. And, uh, of course, what's going on with the trades? Larson has been traded. We expect Purcell to go. We expect Schultz to go. I know there are some things out there about Korpikoski. We will see. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 620.
1: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet.
5: Big thank you to everybody who contributed today. Heart Pledge Day $170,000 raised by you for continued world class care at the Mazenkowski Alberta Heart Institute. Thank you so much. We had a lot of our programming from there today, so thank you to everybody who donated. Really appreciate that $170,000. In the NHL tonight, how about this? Montreal taking it to Washington. 3-0 for the Habs. Five minutes into the second period as we check your Crystal Glass scoreboard. For all your glass needs, you can check out crystalglass.ca. Other action to tell you about. Bruins up 1-0 on the Penguins after one. Sharks and Avalanche. Sabres and Ducks still to come this evening. And the Toronto Raptors in the second quarter leading Minnesota 49-40. All right, so Philip Larson traded to Vancouver for a, uh, a fifth rounder in 2017. Jujar Kara has been called up from the farm. The lines today, Cassian was with uh, Hall and Dreisaitl. Purcell with uh, Lander and Yakupov. Clendenning and Schultz were kind of rotating in as the 6'7 defensemen. Todd McClellan said, well, uh, we'll see. Those may or may not be the lines for tomorrow. 780-496-0063. Chris from Phoenix. Has called in, Chris. Thanks for making my day, buddy.
6: <laughs> Thank you. Um, every time I hear Kelly Rudy talk, I I, I don't know. Um, so essentially, what he's saying is we should all turn into a society where people can't get criticized for poor for poor work or or anything like that. So we we'll just we should just sit there in the crowd, twiddle our fingers, and then that's it. Because you know you don't want to hurt the player's feelings. Give me a break. Oh God. Anyway, um, the. I had a couple of comments. Uh, I made a comment today on uh, Stoffer's show, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do it on here too, and I might get flamed, but whatever. Out of the, the three uh, $6 million players that we have, I said that uh, two of the three probably will, uh, won't be here long term. And the one that I expect to stay and, w- and would choose to stay would be Nugent Hopkins, just because I think he's uh, the best out of the three all around. Um, and I think his upside is probably higher than, uh, than Paul's and uh, Eberleaf. Uh, uh, a comment I made in, in regards to uh, some trades, uh, pr- uh, prior to the game yesterday, uh, you guys had um, somebody from the Senators organization, whether it was, I can't remember who it was. Oh,
5: Bob had one about. of the assistant GMs on during the intermission.
6: Yeah, and they were talking about trying to acquire a, a, a forward, and they were they were, gonna, they, were dang, they were thinking of dangling uh, Cody CC Patrick Weirkosh and then even uh, even uh, no I can't think right Curtis Lazar and uh, the the player that I wouldn't mind sending over there maybe a player in a pick if we can is do you think they'd be interested in Yakupov I know he'd probably say no uh, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't mind trying to uh, possibly acquire uh, Weirkosh or uh, CC if it's possible. Not necessarily to play on the Oilers, but to possibly keep and dangle that player if at all, if it would work to, say, the Islanders for, you know, who well, I'm going to say, Harmonic. But,
5: yeah, well, I, and I, then, I, I don't think they're taking Yakupov for, for that, though. Okay. I mean, he, what, what's Yakupov's value at this point?
6: I don't know. Probably the, <laughs> well, very similar value to a lot of the players that we're well, willing to part with. You know, with the exception of maybe Purcell, who might be able to get us something,
5: you might be able to get a third rounder for Purcell.
6: Yeah, but I I think that maybe Yakupov has some sort of because he's still young and maybe be able to sort of turn turn things around. Where you know, I don't think his uh, I don't think his attitude or his uh, uh, what's the uh, what's it called Uh, his uh, because you look at Schultz and he's just completely. Lost all confidence. I think you know Yakupov has has confidence, and I think he probably can regain something. Where Schultz might take a little while. So, and then that Philip Larson trade. Oh well, I I really didn't want Philip Larson back. Well, anyway, he's never
5: so. gonna come. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what Vancouver is thinking unless they're just doing Shirelli a favor to clear off a contract. Cool. Maybe, maybe. I, don't, I don't
6: know. Maybe Sh- Shirelli can also dangle Tubert and uh, somebody else <laughs> from, from our past, that we could probably get
5: uh, O'Mark. Yeah, hey,
6: we even Grabeshov too. So great show Chris. and uh, nice talking
5: to you. All right, thanks for the call. Got a lot of texts on Kelly Rudy comments uh, coming into 6:30, 6:30 as well, and uh, we're going to hear more from Todd McClellan, Jordan Eberly, and the aforementioned Justin Schultz when we get back at 6:27. <laughs>
1: You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Hey, thanks
5: for tuning in tonight. You can get the latest on the Oilers on 630ched.com. Philip Larson, remember him, traded to Vancouver. Jujar Kara called up from the Bakersfield Condors. We'll see what other changes might occur over the next few days. Oilers and Kings tomorrow night. On six thirty, Chad. We'll have inside sports for one hour from six to seven. The face-off show at seven. The game will start at eight thirty. I I I don't want to spend a a whole bunch of time on this, but some people are, are are chiming in into that, and it's one of those things that it's kind of like when we were talking about the fighting thing a few weeks ago with with the Matt Hendricks and the Florida stuff and the code. You kind of either believe it or you don't. And you've probably felt that way since you were a little kid, and you'll probably never change your mind. And I, I think one of those is uh, one of those areas is how you can act as a fan, what buying a ticket to the game gives you the right to do, and specifically with what we saw last night, uh, whether or not you believe it's appropriate to boo a player on the team you are cheering for. Um, and as as we're seeing this, Dan Barnes for the Edmonton Journal tweets out uh, an article he did with Tom Pody, who was uh, booed out of Edmonton a few years ago. So that so that's kind of interesting. And we're seeing texts on on both sides of this subject. For example, Bobby's your uncle says, "I think you pay to watch a game. You buy the right to cheer or boo depending on how it goes." That's the one thing a fan can do to express what they think of the game. That's not bullying. Justin Schultz is a pro making seven figures a year. I think he can handle it while he cries in his big bed of money. Sorry, Kelly Rudy, that was just a foolish comment. That is from uh, Bobby's Your Uncle. KS says, hey, Reed, I don't agree with booing your own players. They say you paid the money so you can do whatever. Well, guess what? You go to a bar and start fighting, you get kicked out. It's not acceptable, even though people pl- paid to drink there. Uh, Dave says, I like what Kelly Rudy had to say. Can you imagine Justin Schultz trying to get into a positive place, ready to try to play better, and then he comes out and hears the booze? He would just say, why bother? Kirk says, we're not just booing Justin Schultz. He's just a player. We're booing the whole team. Well, I think it's only Justin Schultz that's really been booed. That 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 uh, that uh, that I have heard some comments on the six thirty chat Facebook play on the page. Uh, Sherry says, "I find booing your own player disgusting." What do you think it's going to accomplish? Uh, Both sides of this. uh, Both sides of this again. Uh, SG. Wingnut, he calls himself. Wow. Says uh, the Oilers get paid big bucks to perform. Boo-hoo if Justin Schultz cries about it. Well, Justin Schultz actually hasn't complained about the booing. Let's clarify that. Uh, so, you know, back and forth we can go. I, and this is one of those things I don't think any, anybody's going to change anybody else's mind about it. Um, I, I know Rob Brown said last night he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't want his son to do it if he took it to a hockey game. I can say as a fan... And uh, as I've told you guys before, I've, I've been an Edmonton Eskimos season ticket holder since 1997, since I ever worked in broadcasting or worked in the Edmonton sports media. I've seen some good teams. I've seen some really bad Eskimos teams. I've never booed them off the field. Uh, I, I just would sooner not, not bother. I, I think expressing apathy is more powerful than, than expressing booing. That's just me. I will say this, though. If your argument is, "I bought a ticket, it gives me the right to do what I want," that's not—that's not correct. Buying a ticket does not give you the right to behave however you want. We got Bernie on the line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Bernie. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great.
2: Good. Uh, yeah, the whole booing thing—it um, doesn't give you the right to do anything you want, like. You can't jump the uh, the boards and go beat up Justin Schultz, but that's a big stretch compared to booing. Fair enough. And the whole drinking analogy was just ridiculous because laying your hands on somebody is assault. Like people like need to, you know, get a grip on it. And I think Michael Jordan put it best years ago. He loved getting booed. Loved it.
5: But how often was he booed by, by well, he in was, Chicago? Right?
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I guess if the conversation is just booing your own team.
5: Right. That's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. Okay. No. Fair enough. Okay. But then how about this? Don't put yourself in a position to be booed like that. Like just like he was awful last night. Like awful. Like.
5: Well, he was. He said he's like, he's, yeah, like, he's had several awful games.
2: Yeah. Like there's like, it's not like we're booing McDavid every time he touches the fucking Hall and Hopkins and Everly. Like like the fans are picking and choosing and i think schultz had every right to get booed i it like anybody if you go to a kids game and you're booing 12 year olds at uh the brick tournament yeah you you need to get a life right <laughs> these are these are, <laughs> these, are, these, are grown, these are grown adults like you know my friends pick on me i don't go cry like like they're, they're adults they're on the ice i'm pretty sure you know they can take it if it sucks well it should suck be better
5: yeah. Well like I said, I, I don't I, I think Kelly and Rob had have a bigger problem with it than I do. I'm just saying myself I wouldn't do it. I just I just wouldn't even bother. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah, I, like, I, would, yeah. I would just be like, you know what, this guy, he's not gonna turn it around. I know he's gonna be traded. I'm I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm just gonna hope he doesn't screw up that badly tonight. But, you know, I understand where it comes from, and I know people put down a lot of money, and I know specifically now times are tough, and, uh, heck, last night's game could have been a Christmas present for somebody or a birthday gift or the one game a year people go to. I, I get all that. So, you know, I, I, I just, I mean, the booing of Schultz doesn't bother me as much as throwing stuff on the ice. I think that's crossing oh, yeah. the line, whether yeah, it's a no, jersey or whatever.
2: No, that shouldn't, yeah, throwing the stuff on the ice is pathetic. And uh, I, think, I think most Oilers fans... We are sick of the losing, but it's the commit. It's the commitment to playing hard.
5: Oh, big time!
2: It, if you lose, you lose, right? But it's like the whole nonchalant. That third goal, he kind of just, meh, like, I'll coast back a little. Well, he didn't even.
5: He didn't even realize he he'd lost the puck for two seconds. Yeah, yeah. And Bernie, you make a good point, and that's what McClellan said after the game. Jordan Osterley, I don't think is ready to play in the NHL nothing against the kid. I think just that's where he's at. He might even be a long shot to become a full-time NHL player. Fair?
4: Yeah, more than fair.
5: But McClellan said last night, you know what? When he made an error, at least he was trying to make the right play. And he was trying to be aggressive. And he was trying to work hard. Sometimes Jordan Ose last night, Bernie, I saw it, he was overmatched. And a couple times he just didn't have the experience to mentally know what to do in that situation. But he, you know, you look at a kid up from the minors. He he was at least trying to have an impact on the game. Brandon Davidson had some tough shifts, but he's trying to have an impact on the game. And and you can't list a lot of other Oilers that were trying to do that last night.
2: No, you can't. And like Darnell Nurse, I love him. He might like obviously other than McDavid, he might be my favorite Oiler, and he's having a tough time of it. But guess what? Like he he'll hit. He fought Lucci. Like he's he's crazy. <laughs> and like that's what you, but that's what Oilers fans are gonna love. He makes a mistake. Guess what? Darnell Nurse is not getting booed because on the next shift he's gonna go hammer somebody. And if somebody touches McDavid, you know he's gonna drop the gloves. And we'll take that over weak play along the boards and nonchalantly giving the puck up. And then well, okay, whatever. Like the whole booing thing. Yeah, no, don't put yourself in a position to be booed.
5: Bernie, thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you. All right. That's Bernie, 7804960063. We'll give Bob a word on this as well. Hey, Bob. Hey, Reed. Yeah, go ahead, man.
4: Hey, listen, you know, uh, these people that find this booing of hometown players disgusting, you know, I, I agree with that to a certain point, but the point I want to make is I hope they will remember that when they go to their kids' game and the referee makes a bad call or misses an obvious offside or calls a penalty they think is inappropriate or isn't warranted.
5: Well, yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, I think Bernie just made that point too. Like if you're going to a minor hockey game, you probably shouldn't be booing the players or or the referees. I think that's important to remember, sure.
4: Yeah, no, I, and I find that, you know, a lot of people uh, seem to think that their kids are going to the NHL at, you know, two years out of Adam. And I, you know, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, people need to, to be a little careful, you know, and think a little bit when they go to the rink. This is I'm a referee, so I find it quite annoying when I hear stuff like that.
5: Well, Bob, I hate to tell you this, I have booed officials in both the NHL and the Canadian Football League.
4: (laughs) Well, and, you know, and I suppose that's going to happen, but I mean, they can only they're only calling what they see, and they're certainly not out there trying to have an impact on the game, whether they do or not, you know, is debatable, but I, you know, I, th- I think we just need to understand that at a minor hockey game, if your kid's an Adam, the kids that are refing them are probably pee wee or bantam age. So you know you got to cut them some slack.
5: Oh sure, you got to be aware of I, I think the the uh, the age range and, and experience level of the uh, of the people that you're dealing with. Bob, thanks for calling. All right, uh, I'm going to get one more phone call and one more text message on the booing stuff, and then I want to move on to how the team's actually playing. We got Barry on the line. Hey, Barry.
3: Hey, Reed. How you doing tonight?
5: No, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling.
3: Oh, great! Thanks. Hey, Reed. Uh, I live in Lloydminster, and uh, I was driving up. Uh, oh, for about two or three years to a lot of Oiler games, and uh, and uh, coming home to a lot of losses. Uh, but uh, the way that I look at it is, I think the booing is disrespectful. But uh, I think the fan just gotta quit going. Like, uh, if you don't like it. Maybe a few empty seats. Uh, Maybe the management owners will look at it and see that uh, the arena starts to kind of get uh, a little bit thin. Yeah. And maybe they'll be forced to do something because, uh, like, it's a lot of money to go to games. And uh, I'd sooner just not go. Um, I'm a big Oiler fan, have been for a lot of years. But uh, until the team starts performing a little bit better, I'm not going to drive two and a half hours to a game.
5: Yeah, Barry, I, I I like what you're saying, and, and I think you make a good point in that apathy might be more powerful than anger. For sure. Uh, are now are you going to go to any games? Uh, the Bobcats are hosting the World Bank Cup in a couple of months, right?
3: Yeah, you betcha.
5: Are you going to be going?
3: Yes, we're going to be going. We're actually billets uh, to hockey players from the Bobcats, so uh, we will be going. We volunteer lots at the rink, and uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking for a really good time
5: there. I'm going to try to come out for a game or two for that tournament, Barry. I'm glad uh, Lloyd's getting to host it finally. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, hope
3: to see you there, Freak.
5: All right, and the last word on the uh, booing discussion, which I'm surprised, actually, uh, it uh, it caught fire like this. Tons of text. I'm sorry I can't read them all. Lamont says, the only time you are allowed to boo is against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. I'm guessing probably a lot of you are going to agree with that. We have Bill and Jim as the next guys on open line. It's 647. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630
3: Chet. Hi, this is Andrew Ference from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
5: Chet. I forgot to mention... The Scotties in Grand Prairie, Alberta now seven and two. Lost to Manitoba eight seven this afternoon. Won in the morning draw six four over Quebec. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside sports on uh, six thirty. Chad Philip Larson. His rights have been traded by the Oilers to Vancouver for a fifth rounder in twenty seventeen. Jujar Kara back up from the farm I got this text from Roger right at the start of the show I forgot to read it he says hey Reid I'm looking forward to the CFL season as the Oilers have now ceased playing this season well if you talk about a team that was never finished it would be this year's or I guess now last year's edition of the Edmonton Eskimos uh, and if you talk about a team at the other end of that spectrum, you would talk about how the Edmonton Oilers have looked for the last uh, last few games. Uh, you got a little bit of a wait for CFL football, but the schedule is out, and you can get that on the Eskimos page on our website as well. The open line is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Bill on the line. Bill, thanks for waiting through the break, there, man. What's going on?
0: Oh, no problem. Uh, I was just calling like uh, everybody was booing Schultz, but really, the whole defense is. You know, lacking. Like right now, at Clefbaum and drive out, we pretty much only have two legit NHL defensemen in the lineup right now.
5: Which would be uh, Sekera and Sekera and David- Davidson. Davidson and say. Nurse, I assume you would say is is not quite there yet.
0: Nurse is not quite there. I mean, maybe you know, fifteen minute guy or whatever as a rookie just. Getting his feet wet, but he probably should be in the minors. Would be the better situation if we could.
5: Probably would have been better, yeah.
0: And uh, I mean, Fane's a borderline guy.
5: He's very slow. He's very slow. Uh, Shelts is, we know what's happened there. So,
0: uh, his confidence is done. I mean, to me, Aiken's ruined him, and he's never got it back.
5: And then o- Osterley's put in an pretty much an impossible situation last night he like he did um, he did okay given the expectations for him but
0: yeah yeah absolutely I mean he's probably not an NHL defenseman or at best you know a number seven guy that comes in but yeah like I mean the whole defense has its issues, issue not just the shelves and maybe we shouldn't just pick on one guy you know
5: well, I think yeah, the reason is Schultz is getting picked on is because he just appears to be so out of it sometimes. You know, like the yeah. lackadaisical play and uh, you know, I think most fans are smart enough to live with errors if they're honest errors, but it's and but with Schultz it's repeated errors. Oh, yeah, errors I where he looks confused. Yeah, and and he, it's been for well, 3 like years said, now.
0: Since since came in. Yeah. Basically. And uh Another thing, too, like he, when he got booed there at at the starting lineup the other game, and he got booed for the whole game, and then against Colorado, he was just absolutely terrible. It's like that booing just did not help him, definitely.
5: He looks lost. He looks lost. And, and Shirelli, it, it appears to me that they are going to try, that it is a priority to acquire defensemen. Uh, I think that they believe... That I mean, they're probably going to have to obviously sacrifice forwards, but you know I, I've been very critical of the forwards as well, Bill, and specifically the the lack of forechecking. But I think they're going to go after the defense first to repair it because they they want guys that can kill the cycle and who can move the puck up to the forwards, and then Absolutely. that t- creates a little bit more energy. And then probably if you do that, then you can say, okay, what type of a forward are we yeah. lacking? I think that's Shirelli's approach here.
0: Well, yeah, and you got to think like. When, the, when your forwards are playing most of their shift in your own end, by the time you do get the puck and get to them, they're gassed.
5: Yeah, you just dump it in and change. That happened a lot last night. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
0: another thing, uh, uh, I think it was Chris from Phoenix that uh, 36 million guys to keep huge. But actually, I would say that's the guy you move because you got Drys Idol and McDavid. You know, you don't have those other skillful guys on the wings. If you got rid of Everly, you pretty much got nothing on the right side. You got rid of all, you got nothing on the left side. And then you're looking at something like Pittsburgh. Strong center, but nobody to play with.
5: Yeah. Bill, thanks for calling, man. All right, thank you. 780-496-0063. We'll also get Jim in before the news break. Jim, you got about uh, a minute and 40 seconds. Go ahead.
7: Oh, God. It doesn't give me enough time for... Uh all the, everything that's going on. But anyhow, I'm just seething over all this. First of all, I'll start off by, I, I was a Devin Dubnik fan. I really loved Devin, Devin, and uh, the fans drove a really good goalie. I knew he was a good goalie. He drove him out of town. Basically, the media and the fans have done the same with Justin Schultz. I'm maybe the only guy in town who likes him. The guy can skate. He's an excellent skater. Um, he keeps his head up when he's passing and stuff like that. We don't have anyone secra Everyone loves him. All he can do is shoot it up the board. Anyhow, um, I was at the game last night. I, I was right behind the bench. You can see halfway through the first period when things started to go wrong. The whole team, the, the fans were booing, and uh, the whole team just let down. And it was like, okay, they're, they're booing, you know, our buddy uh, Justin, even though it's. It's not you know they're getting paid big bucks, but uh, it it's only human nature right you, you start getting like that and, and, and intentionally you want to play well, but um in, in your heart you're not uh, there's one guy just yelling up they have no heart well you guys have just stuck a dagger into their hearts. How does a team that goes two weeks ago beating Ottawa seven to two show up like this? I'll tell you why it's it's confidence and uh and uh, um, support from from the back end now we lost Griva who was a big part makes a big difference when you got the toughness back there and uh, you have uh, darnell nurse and he knows that someone like Griva can back him up now we lo- we lost him often the team looks terrible I've never thought the team the team defense was that bad, it's uh, mostly from the front end. Uh, we have guys like Purcell and, and uh, Pulia are big players and they're not playing like that. That really hurts when you can't kill the cycle along the boards.
5: Jim, you did that all in a minute 45. Good work, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. All right, that is Jim. He called in to 780-496-0063. We have more time for your comments in the next half hour. Uh, and I'm finally going to get to some of McClellan from after practice today, Schultz as well, when we